Hello, hello. This is Kathy Colas Audiobooks, and today, so sad, this is the final episode of Operation Arrow Fletcher by James Burns. Slovak grabs the fake Mithridate, but Carly's not off the hook yet. She knows she will still be hunted by the bad guys, so the CIA gives her a way out. Here we go. The fishermen watched helplessly as the drone screamed across the short distance to the opposite shore of the river. He watched as Slovak and Tatiana ran to the drone and fled. Damn, he whispered, then alerted Central. Abort operation and meet at rendezvous site. Damsel is unscathed. Target is running. Alert Homeland Security and the Canadian authorities. Carly noticed Stacy running towards her. We did it, she said, running up, slightly out of breath. We fooled the son of a bitch. Carly walked from behind the statue. She stood staring out over the St. Clair River. She smiled slightly, filled with satisfaction that Slovak had been outsmarted. She took her gaze from the water and focused on Stacy. Once Slovak realizes he was tricked, he'll be back. He didn't kill me, but the next time... Her voice trailed off. The next time, he'll try to put a bullet in my head. When he does, I'll be ready for him. Carly removed the pistol from the back of her waistband and tucked it into her side. Her jacket covered it. Something looked different about her. Her eyes were hard, dark, and distant. Her face tight and stern. I wish it weren't true, Stacy said, but you're right. Slovak is a bad actor, but there'll be other Slovaks, other bad actors hunting for you. You need protection. But we found the Mithridate already. Put the word out. Let them know it's gone, she said, her voice agitated. I wish it were that easy. The CIA will leak the whole operation and how you found the Mithridate. But will the bad guys buy it? They'll think it was all part of the operation to get Bo. They're shrewd, and Carly interrupted. I was going to kill him today. It wouldn't have mattered if Bo was saved or not. I was going to kill him the minute I saw him. In all the months Agent Cantor had known Carly, she never saw this side of her. It made her feel uneasy, unsure of what to say next. Carly, Stacy said, reaching out and taking a hold of her arm. You've been under a ton of pressure. What you've gone through the last few days would have put anyone over the edge. Let's get you back and see how Bo is doing. You saved him, Carly. You saved Bo's life. So he's safe, she said, returning to herself. Yes, the chief texted me. The state police have him. The chief also wanted me to speak to you about witness protection. Witness protection? Carly snapped. You think that's an option? You really think I'm going to hide for the rest of my life? I'm not that confused patient at Holy Oaks anymore. Carly, I'm serious. You and Bo need to be in the protection program. For you, it's obvious why. For Bo, so they can never use him to get to you. When can I see him? 
Let's get back to the hotel. I'll call the chief on the way and see where he is. You can talk with David. He'll need to go into the program, too. Everything you two would have been charged with has been erased. It's like it never happened. Carly was silent as she and Stacy walked back along the boardwalk. She watched a huge Canadian freighter splash through the water as the crew hustled about on deck. Distant sirens of an EMS vehicle could be heard as the two came upon a crowd. Lying flat on the ground was a jogger. A man kneeling by his side was pushing onto his chest while another blew air into his mouth. The maize and blue hoodie was soaked with red. He was the jogger that gave me the box, Carly whispered to Stacy. Did the CIA take him out? Hardly. Had to be Slovak. That's what they do. Once you're no use to them, they eliminate you. The less people know about what went on, the better. I'm sure they also wanted a distraction. He would have killed me too had I not jumped behind the statue. I'm sure that was his plan all along. You're probably right, Stacy said. He's a ruthless son of a bitch. Porsche's in the back lot waiting for me. If David wants to be with you, he has to be in the program. He'll have no choice. He'll never see you again if he isn't. Carly nodded her head slowly, absorbing the graveness of her words. Do you want me to ride with you? Stacy asked. No, I'll be fine. I need to be alone. I have decisions to make and not a lot of time to make them. I'll see you at the hotel. Carly found it odd to see Stacy and Portia standing outside of her hotel room when she pulled into the Comfort Inn. Seeing Carly in the blazer, Portia dropped her cigarette to the asphalt and stepped on it. Carly stepped out of the blazer, confused. She asked, Isn't David here? Did you knock? A few times, Stacy said. Carly slipped the magnetic card into the lock and quickly removed it. Watching the blinking light turn green, she pushed open the door. David? The room was empty. There was no sign of him. That's weird, Carly said. Where could he have gone? Looks like he left a note, Portia said, picking up an envelope lying on the table and handing it to Carly. It's addressed to you. Carly took the note from Portia and held it. This can't be anything good, she said, then tore the flap from the envelope and read the note to herself. Carly, I hope you can forgive me for what I've done. You'll understand when you read the letter your father left for you with the Mithridate. It's under the pillow of the bed. Read it when you're alone. I really do love you. It was never an act. I had to leave. It's better if I don't tell you where I am. No matter what happens, I will find you again. Love, David. Carly's face was blank as she folded the note and placed it in her pocket. She looked at Stacy and Portia and then said, David's gone. I don't know where he went. He said he would find me when the time was right. Son of a bitch, Stacy said. David's on the fucking run? Looks that way, Carly said, shaking her head in disbelief. Where should I go from here? 
Stacy handed Carly a document. What's this? A chance at a new life. A new life for you and maybe Bo. It explains the witness protection program. You would be reunited with your mother. My mom? She's been in the program since the death of your father. I'm sorry the CIA used you, but we had to get the Mithridate. In the wrong hands, it could have been re-engineered to kill millions. We couldn't let that happen. You're a hero, Carly. Hero, she said. My dad, Artie, and Ahmed are the heroes, not me. The conversation was broken when Agent Cantor's phone rang. She reached into her purse. It's the chief. Cantor here, Stacy said into the phone. Her eyes went to Carly. I just shared the program with her. She's thinking about it and is going to let me know her decision. I also have to tell you, Ferris is gone. Looks like he's on the run. After a slight pause, Cantor said, Got it. Thank you, sir. Stacy dropped her phone back into her purse. Bo's been taken to a hospital a little over an hour from here. If we leave now, I could have you there by 6, 6.30 at the latest. Carly looked at the clock. Give me 15 minutes and I'll meet you in the parking lot. Sounds good, Stacy said. See you in 15. The door closed and Carly immediately went to the pillow. She pulled back the covers and removed the letter. My beloved family, if you are reading this, I hope my worst nightmare has not come true. If a pandemic has begun, do exactly what this letter tells you to do. I was not able to save Artie, but I made damn sure that I could save you. Enclosed are three vials of Mithridate. I hid one for each of us. Swallow it. And within 24 hours, your body will start making antibodies to combat the pathogen. It'll take months before the government starts giving the antidote to the public. Don't worry about me. Since I'm not there with you, you have to believe I'm with Artie. One day we'll all be together again. God bless. Love, Dad. Carly dropped her hands. The letter fell to the floor. Three vials? But David only gave me two. David paid the cabbie with cash and walked into the pub. He scanned the bar and spotted Sergeant Tim. As he walked toward him, Tim smiled and stood. Has the eagle landed? Yes, sir, David said, putting his hand in the pocket of his jacket, letting his fingers feel the smooth glass of the vial. Just like in the desert, I follow orders. He handed Tim the vial. By the time the driver dropped David off at the Comfort Inn, it was too late. He saw the blazer parked close to the room, but they were gone. What seemed like a good plan at first with his sergeant no longer did. He needed to get back to Carly. He still had his keycard, which he ran through the slot. He opened the door, hoping to find some note or clue where he could find Carly. The room was empty. David saw the pillow had been moved and the letter was gone. He hoped it was Carly who found it, not Stacy or Portia.
He wanted her to know everything. He should have shared the letter with her when he first found it, but he couldn't. It would have exposed Tim's plan. On the way to the inn, he planned what he would say to Carly, if she would even listen. She was gone now, and he didn't know how to find her. He didn't know if she was alive. For all he knew, the plan to save Bo may not have worked, and she could be dead. In fact, Carly Fletcher was dead. She died in an auto accident, a massive one, when a semi plowed into several stopped cars on a Colorado highway. The semi burst into flames, engulfing several other vehicles. Carly was in one of those cars, and though her body was badly burned, DNA helped to identify her. The CIA now calls her Ava Winters, and she sells her pen and ink sketchings along with her photographs at an open market just outside the Dusseldorf Art Academy. Tom Higgins, her boyfriend, helps her set up her booth when he has time off from his job as a software engineer. He wants to marry Ava, but he has not asked her yet. He's confident she'll say yes. Both of them have been through a lot together and blend in perfectly with the international art scene. In a small cemetery just outside the city, Ava's father and brother rest. It was the least the CIA could do. Ava and her mother are not allowed to visit the gravesite. They can take no chance that their identity will be compromised. Across the street from their apartment lies a park with winding paths, benches, and plenty of fresh flowers. Ava and her mother often sit on the balcony outside their apartment. They watch people wandering along the paved walkways. Young couples, laughing teenagers, and the elderly with their canes and walkers. Tom, who lives with them, has brought Ava a stack of mail. There are catalogs, a free newspaper, and a padded eBay envelope from the U.S. She's been waiting for this envelope to come and quickly opens it. Dear Ava, there's no news about Slovak. He has not been seen. We do know that someone is looking for you, but we've been unable to identify the source. Rest assured, we are always doing what we can to keep you safe. Love, S. An older man with a faded scar below his right eye focused on the screen in front of him. His fingers deftly typed the name Carly Fletcher, and he waited for the search results. He knew the odds were against him, but he held hope that one little mistake or one little forgotten detail would lead him to her. Several Carly Fletchers popped up on the screen. Carly Fletcher, Facebook. Carly Fletcher, Twitter. Carly Fletcher, LinkedIn. None were her. The CIA had most likely scrubbed her name and history, leaving nothing to lead to her. That was how they operated. He also knew it was possible to find her, but it would not be easy. There was business to be settled. And there you have it. I want to thank James Burns for allowing me to podcast this excellent book. I hope you've all enjoyed listening to it as much as I enjoyed narrating it. Don't forget, on Monday, we start Season 7 with a great book called The Roadrunner Cafe by Jamie Zernt. For those of you who love Jerkwater, you are going to love this book as well. 
So make sure you tune in next Monday for the start of Season 7 and the Roadrunner Cafe. To check out more of my work, go to my website at kathycolas.com. That's C-A-T-H-I-C-O-L-A-S dot com. If you're an author looking to turn your book into an audiobook, email me at kathycolas at gmail.com. Let's talk. And if you like the podcast, please leave a review or share it on social media. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you on Monday.